Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This week in League, Buzz Rothfield refuses to cover Manly games after discovering there isn't a hooker to be found within Cooey of the club. Wests to rebrand as the West's drunk guy at 4am with their philosophy that a terrible hooker is better than nothing. Cam Smith to never be an immortal after he's shown to not even be the best hooker at Melbourne named Smith. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round two of the 2021 NRL season. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 382 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. Fellas, third one down. How are we all doing? Just fine, thanks. Three kings. <laughs> Three kings. Three motherfucking kings. Fuck yeah. Have you, have you, seen, that movie? Have you seen that movie, Glenn? Nah. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? I thought that was a fucking. I thought that was a lock for you. I mean, we're busting out the referential retard shit early, but um, yeah, I thought no, I thought that that, that was going to get a yes for sure. Look, oh, I'm still basking in the glory that I uh, saw the gentleman, and I made reference to that, and uh, you were very impressed with it. Let's not fuck it up. I was, I was, I was very impressed. Um, I tell you though, like since. The, your your initial stint, or since when we started the show, and your, your initial stint uh, as, as being the co-host of the show, and you had your absence. How, how long was the absence? Was it three, four? Five. Fucking hell! So in that five years, Netflix has become available in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 not to mention like and and another like four or five streaming services that you could avail yourself. I of. just don't make um, the time, Nathan. My wife has this conversation with me. She grew up watching every freaking movie under the sun. And she's like, what do you mean you've never seen that? I'm like, fuck's sake, I used to go through this every week with Nathan. I don't need to go through it for the rest of my life with you. I haven't seen a lot of movies. It's who I am. What are you going to do? But you but See, you are aware, though, that they, that they, you know, Hollywood <laughs> as a system produces new movies and releases them and... <laughs> You have the opportunity to say, "Look, I've missed out on, you know, I've missed out on thirty-five years worth of movies." True. But I can start. I can do better going. It's a fairly forward. overwhelming catch-up process. That one. Yeah, well, since then we're not saying to catch up. We're just saying watch something fucking recent, mate. Jesus, um, Three Kings isn't that recent, but it's not old either. I mean, like it's what ten years old, maybe yeah. probably I'll, longer than that. I don't fucking. I'll add it to the list. Right. Right. <laughs> Okay, uh, well, first up, look at some news. Got a couple of news articles here. Uh, I don't know how deep you want to go into these ones, fellas, and talk to, but I think the biggest story, regret, regrettably, I think the big, the big story of the week is this situation with Toby Rudolph. Um, I didn't actually know about this. I didn't know about what he said until after 
articles started coming out, you know, shitting on, you know, shitting on the whole situation. Uh, I mean, like I, I saw the thumbnails come up on on Twitter and things like that, and people going, oh, you know, LOL, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not, I don't need to, I don't need to see what he's got to say. It's not my guy. But um, then the backlash starts. So anyway, for those who've lived in a uh, in a bubble. The NRL has issued Toby Rudolph uh, from the Sharks with a warning for his comments made during an interview, um, a live interview after Sunday's win over the Dragons. Uh, it was on the Matty John show after full time. Uh, he was asked how he planned to celebrate the victory, and he responded that he would drink 1,000 beers before heading to Cronulla Nightspot Northeast to, quote, try and pull something. Anything will do. And then he sort of, you know, then, then he sort of walked it back immediately after and said, nah, it's all about recovery these days. I'll be straight in the ice, ice bath. But the NRL have uh, outlined their concerns in a letter that they sent him um, yesterday morning. And uh, they said they're very disappointed with his comments. They're inappropriate and should not have been said. We're going to issue him with a formal warning. And I know the club are going to cancel him so there's not a repeat. Hmm. You know what? That's probably about as far. That's 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 probably because they didn't actually do anything to him. I mean, they just said, "Look, you know, maybe rein in your comments." Yeah. Let's not did, do things. Did he like end up with again. a fine? No. No, no. He just got a warning. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's got a warning. Okay. Yeah. So, so nothing actually happened. Uh, you know, to him. Yeah, there was no fine, suspensions, anything like that. It was just a warning to basically. So what you should, you know, just basically rein in what you're going to say on these on TV interviews. Mm. And I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, but my guy on social media was a buzz. Yes. Over it all. Now, this is where I would like to start. Because I think this covers most of the fucking issues. Is that this has become nothing to do with what he actually said. Mm-hmm. This has become about the larger issue, which is a fucking timely issue, considering all the shit mm-hmm. that's going on with, you know, people not being able to walk through Parliament House without the threat of rape. Yes. Add, added to the the societal impact of, uh, you know, sexual assault, family assault, domestic violence, fucking women Correct. dying, being set on fire. And I'll tick these off very quickly. I've seen a lot of, um, there was that Senator Jackie Lambie mm-hmm. joking about Josh Adokar's ass. Mm-hmm. His fucking glorious glutes. No? Wouldn't trade those uh, for Nofaba. And yeah, no, you actually wouldn't. No, that's that, that's that's fucking that's a newspaper print. Yeah, now. Exactly. That's that's yesterday's fish and chip wrap. <laughs> that is factually <laughs> correct. You wouldn't. Um, the the issue there, I've seen a lot of people coming out and saying, "Oh, well, what about that? Why is no one up in arms about that comment? How is that fair? It's not fair to men. It's not fair. Poor oh, men. God. Poor fucking men. Just like to put out there." Jackie Lambie, along with most women, now most, like there was that bitch that was in The Mandalorian, most women do not have the ability to, if they want to have sex with a man, force themselves upon him. Like the, the physical capacity bussy. to do it, yeah. Whereas that that's why the, the threat to women in society is generally seen as greater, you know, than the threat to men. There aren't rampaging hordes of horny women out there holding you down trying to steal your seed. Or doing the death by snooze. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, exactly. For future so, drama, yeah. um, 
So that's the first point. Although that does lead into what the politician did was probably, you know, just as bad simply from the point of view that they're in a position where they they shouldn't say such flippant things to such a, a wide audience. Yeah. Yeah. That that's his only mistake. I've seen the whole oh let him have a personality, let him be who he is, but up but up but up but up but up. That's a hundred percent fine. But on national TV, maybe isn't the time for that. Yeah. I'd really like that if people on both sides of this argument, the people that think that there's nothing wrong with what he said and it was some personality and a joke and ba 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 da fuck it, it'd be great if you sat down and thought about how does the other side perceive this? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try and think like them. What argument could I give myself that would make me change my mind here? You know, could it be that I'm a, a survivor of this or could it be that blah, 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 I know somebody who was, whatever it may be. Well, what argument is there that would make me change my mind to think, you know what, what he said really wasn't okay. I don't think he meant anything by it, but it wasn't okay or, or just a laugh. I'd also consider the people on the other side who think that it's, you know, terrible and, um, you know, horrible and a symbol of uh, toxic masculinity to say, Hmm, I think I'd like to examine the intent. Now, it doesn't mean there was nothing wrong with what he said. I'm not asking you to think that. But I encourage you to think, okay, let's let's look at the context of it. He did then clarify and say, no, 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 I'm going home to have an ice bath. Could it have been a uh, you know, good old hyperbole? <laughs> or could it be um that that he was just so overjoyed, you know. I've I've heard people use similar expressions to to talk about not even a a woman that they're they're that excited and happy that they'll try and pull the leg off a chair. Yeah, you know yeah. that that. And again, not saying that that's right in this context. What I'm saying is that everyone on both extremes needs to chill the fuck out. Try and look at things from the other point of view, and then hopefully we land somewhere in the middle where we go, it was probably the wrong forum for that sort of joke. Yep. Um, given what's going on at the moment with women being fucking raped everywhere and finally having the strength to come out and march about it and protest and really demand change. It's tone deaf. It, it was definitely tone deaf. Um, and the action that the NRL took pretty much says... Hey, that wasn't okay. You really need to do better. Uh, we'd like you to do better. Yeah, yep. which I think um, is a, is a fairly in this particular instance in this incident is a is a fairly measured measured and adequate response. As I said, I believe it was pretty tone deaf and insensitive. Um, but I think your point about both sides of the argument, um, which typically is the way it goes, especially when it's played out on social media. Both sides of an argument, you know, probably need to work towards the middle uh, rather than the extremes. Um, and it's just, from from my perspective, I think that the NRL, you know, it, it's tone deaf in a, in a societal and a cultural sense, but certainly uh, as an NRL player with all the other stuff that, that goes on and, and the, the general perception at times, despite the NRL's best efforts to to improve their image uh, when it comes to, to 
you know, the women in league and all the rest of it. Um, you could only imagine the amount of education and, and um, you know, time that's been spent at a, at a each club level, but also direct directly down from the NRL um, to educate these guys on, you know, how to handle themselves with these types of comments and things like that. And still they just consistently, and this has been going on for a lot of years, you know, and they just, you know, I'm sure he'll learn his lesson. I'm sure it won't happen again. That doesn't make it okay. And um, I just think the NRL holds itself back with some of these guys um, with their actions, you know, the extreme cases such as the, the DeBellin thing, which is playing out, but all the way down to comments like this where you just, guys, you've you got to do better. Hmm. Yep. And I mean, look, you know, I would, I would like to think that the NRL has made some forward progress because if you just want to look at historical examples, while this statement wasn't wasn't great and, and it wasn't the crime of the century at the same time, no. It was certainly somewhere further along the line than Brent Todd or whatever it was after he signed with the the, the Gold Coast years ago at the press conference yeah. where he was talking about he wanted to root, wanted to fuck all, you know, root all the shields or whatever he said. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I mean, that was a that was a televised. Yeah. That wasn't even a live thing. That was a fucking that was a press conference that they elected mm. to you know to to run that shit after you know afterward. And and the the only other thing I'd say like if people would you know were more like followed uh, what what Jay said earlier, then you wouldn't get this fucking performative fucking bullshit on social media where you've got people either, you know, fucking you know, crap, crapping themselves about it being the crime of the century and why it's so terrible, or you get these fucking dickhead MRA types going the other way saying, oh, no, he didn't do anything wrong and it's fucking, what about, you know, what about men's rights and fucking feminazi, blah, blah. Like, how about everyone fucking, like you said, chill the fuck out, mm. try and see it from the other side, work your way towards the middle and stop f- fucking, like, playing a character on social media, you know. Yeah. And look, I, I say all of to this. To try and say you're a better person than everyone else, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, fucking hell. I, I say all of this with full understanding of the level and fucking quality of humour that's appeared on this show. Oh, yeah, exactly. Especially after fucking Glenn's departure. Took a fucking nosedive <laughs> <laughs> towards, towards the gutter. Yeah, um, let's, but, I'm, no one's accusing you of being tone deaf, mate. No. No, no, no. The word receptacle is completely appropriate. Um, well, exactly. But the other interesting thing here is that all of the attention's been labelled on poor fucking Rudolph where he was appearing on a show that is nothing but blokes sitting around throwing innuendo at each other. Mm. Yep. You know, it it's essentially a one and a half hour long that's what she said fest <laughs> punctuated by some stories about football. And punctuated by fucking, you know, innuendo about, you know, Brian Fletcher fucking... Doing cocaine, yeah, and essentially, and there's still there's still this thing that you know it it's funny to infer that may, or may, maybe there's homosexual feelings here, you know, because because mm. Fletch and Hindy like to get their shirt offs and and rub each other. That that's fucking hilarious. It's fascinating to me that that's escaped critique for the large part. 
that yeah that in he was completely within the tone of that show yeah agree yeah yeah so i think the issue about it being tone deaf stems from from the show you know yeah, and this and this is the sort of thing that happens as well, though. When 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 that that show is like the live cross after a game, and rather than an actual professional, you know, like a, 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 a like a dry panels and statistics led discussion of what just yeah. happened, and instead they're throwing to like a variety show. And again, not not saying that that he's not responsible for his own actions, but do you think he says that if someone like Vonnie asks him the question? Well, let's let's even let's let's take take you know gender out of it, and even say like someone like Cooper Cronk. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? Like like a someone who's who's probably asking him a yeah. question out of a out of a, a footballing perspective, mm. rather than a fucking yuck yuck show. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, that'd be a wonderful change. Anyway, but yeah, he'll learn from it. Um, the, I think the 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 action taken by the NRL was appropriate. It sends a message saying that it's not okay, but at the same time, it's not fucking you know, roasting him at the stake. Yeah. The, the, for a, a young a young fellow, you know, who yeah, just said something a bit a bit uh, a bit off. The absolute fucking worst thing to come out of all of this, the thing that Rudolph should be crucified for, is that he gave a platform to the biggest sort of fucking cunt that this world has ever produced. <laughs> Daily Cherry Evans. To get up there. We're fucking bringing Daly into this. Oh, well, he's decided to fucking pipe up and run on about how, oh, it's just so great. I think that it's wonderful that he's such a, such a great individual and I love personalities and it's nice that he has a personality and I think he should be free to express that personality and also we should all just step back and let him speak his mind. He's got a mind. He needs to speak it. Just let him speak his mind and I think he should definitely speak his mind. Speak his fucking mind? He, he's not up there you know, pertaining to to his thoughts on whether string theory is a relevant way to determine if there are parallel <laughs> universes and every decision we make causes a split in reality. He said, I want to pull something, anything will do. If that counts as <laughs> yeah. speaking your fucking mind, Dally, <laughs> that, that's a... That's a Fuck Jesus Christ! That to me, to me, that to me, that sounds like a backhander about what he thinks the ceiling <laughs> of Toby Rudolph's in- intelligence is. Not at all. And furthermore, and furthermore, and furthermore, it's a bit of a self own on on Toby's part as well because he's basically saying like, I have no standards, <laughs> like none. I hold myself. I hold no no standards whatsoever. Yeah, that's it. it. It was self depreciating humor. Yeah, but yeah. um, but but it's it's good to see. That um, Daly Cherry Evans is is half a step removed from a men's rights activist defending his right to speak his mind. Oh, go Daly! Yeah, fuck. I would, and, I, and I would hope that I would hope that Daly would uh, would support all young players' rights to want to have sex after a big game. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of ca- that, that's, that's the kind of captain he is. <laughs> now, what's this Tumbleolo situation here? Um, Todd Payton's come under, you know, some, like, well, yeah, let's say public questioning mm. regarding uh, Tal Malolo's um, efforts against the Panthers. And uh, he's come out, he's come out and had to, had to basically, uh, basically defend him. And, uh, and I don't know. I mean, this, is this a, is this a big story? Do you think? I mean, we used to Tal Malolo getting 200 meters a game and fucking, you know, 
And I mean, he was part of a side that wasn't that was across the board not good at all last week in the Cowboys. And uh, look, I mean, yeah, is it the first? Is it the first crook game he's had? <laughs> like, it, it, I think in, the you know people are, watch Cowboys games and there's a general, I think, vested interest, even if you're not a Cowboys fan. But a lot of people, as you say, are always talking about his his run meters and his and his general stats because he you know. He racks them up fairly consistently, but um, I think that's yeah. another fucking shit subculture of people as well. People that people want to get take a play, people who want to take people, no, people, yeah, well, like that, and also and also people who who want to take a player to cut yeah, the task yeah, because exactly. they fucking captain him in Supercoach or something. Yeah, you know what I mean, or, or you know they they're betting on something, you know, some uh, prop Peyton, bet or something like that. You know, you know, there's probably a part of it where he's, he's looking to make it clear that he's the boss and and no one in the club. Um, including their best player and, and highest paid players beyond criticism, which is which is fair. Um, I just wonder if if that becomes a consistent thing. I, you know, Peyton's also in control of how many minutes he plays, which he's already made a point saying that he wants to you know control that and manage that. Um, Tao Malolo is still responsible for his yep. efforts whilst he's out there on the field. But um, my my only um, question with regards to Peyton is, is he going to be so openly critical or have something to say in the media if they start, you know, let's say they lose six of their first seven games. The one that's going to be copping the criticisms, Todd Payton, not Jason Tamalolo. And, um, and whether the club are happy um, if that was the case and they have a rough start to the year over the first sort of six or eight rounds, um, I don't know that Tal Malolo is going to be the guy with the you know sitting in the hot seat, given the amount of money and cap space they've got invested in him. Yeah, that's right. I I'm not a fan of coaches naming players in press conferences. To yeah, me, do you think he was in? Do you think he was naming him, or do you think it was like he it was in response to pointed questions, particularly about him? From the media, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying, though. To, to provide yeah. critique in a named fashion. Yeah. I think that if you're asked a specific question about, you know, if somebody says, um, and fuck, I don't remember what they asked, but it was, you know, it, uh, uh, Tom Lolo's output was well under what you're used to at the moment. Do, do you think that's the thing? You've got to have those fucking stock standard bullshit answers to be like, yeah. well, you know, this is a team None game. Of them played well, or yeah, yeah. This is a team game, and I don't think I've ever seen a game of rugby league where you can blame the loss on just one person, except maybe <laughs> Ben Hunt. Um, that like that cunt. <laughs> fuck. No, that's, yeah. that's a very different conversation we're having here. Um, yeah. To to me, that's rough, unless you have a Wayne Bennett like level of relationship with some of your players. Yeah. You know, where you can say something like that and be 100% sure that you can manage that with them as well as manage that with them and the rest of the team. And I'm not sure Toddy Payton would have that after fucking mm. half an off-season with the Cowboys. So, um, again, you know, he's, he's still a very, very new coach yep. and hasn't probably dealt with somebody with the star power and, and inner club power that JT has. Like, everyone at the Warriors was expendable. Yeah. Absolutely everyone. Whereas you're 100% right. If this comes down to a decision, 
they've got a ten year contract with Tom Alolo <laughs> and a no year contract with Peyton. You're the finance guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a supply and demand question. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if Robbie Farah can fucking kill some coaches in his time, I mean, what's someone that actually fucking produces yeah. on the field like yeah, Tom exactly. going to do? Yeah, that was exactly. that was oh, with the uh, to, to the surprise of absolutely no one. But um, JT, and and it wasn't even as pointed as what Peyton had said, or you know, given the the, the line of questioning, but. Um, JT made a very small reference in regards to Robbie Farah's performance, or, or you know, or, or certain things he was doing that was hindering some of the uh, impact the younger halves were having, and and that was that snowballed to a bit of a bit of feud that led to Robbie and Jason leaving the club. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, right. So. Uh... I think it's the last one I've got down here, talking about um, young Joseph Suwali has been rubber stamped uh, for his exemption that will allow the Roosters to play him in first grade uh, as, soon, as soon as this week, but whenever that, basically whenever they want to. Uh, so he'll be uh, getting an exemption to play uh, before his 18th birthday. Uh, the AOL Commission has approved it, and uh, under the rules, they state that you must be 18 to make your de- debut, but... Uh, King Volandis indicated last year that head office would consider making an exemption for the talented teenager in the hope of keeping him away from rugby union. Mm. So this is another one of those sort of stories where I'm like, well, you know, I don't really... Is it too strong to say I don't give a fuck? Yeah. (laughs) About about a club like the Roosters who have Mm. uh, so much fucking depth in their squad... That this that they never they they don't need to debut this child at any point this season yeah. unless like unless there's some kind of fucking like you know Movid Movid twenty one that comes out that only kills <laughs> fucking Morrison's people without there's your episode title like, Nathan make a note of that <laughs> there's you know it... <laughs> so um. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to go for the Three Kings thing, but you're right. I mean, that was like the first, the first three seconds of the show, yeah, so we probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> Some kind of the neck off a bat. <laughs> or is it like an opposite thing? It was like, you know, some guy, some guy like fucked a giraffe or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the only point I wanted to make with Suwali or two, um, with regards to two exemptions, is that a recent development or... I remember the Tigers debuted Chris Lawrence when he was, I think, 17, still in high school. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't remember them needing an exemption. He was somewhat in the system back in then. It was, it was a fair few years ago. Cracker of a debut, too, I might add. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was, yeah, that was, a, uh, um, that was a while ago. When he when he debuted, and it's obviously been changed in the, in, the, in the meantime since. Because I mean, it's not just Chris Lawrence. I mean, you know, there's there's a number of players I think that made their debut. Remember, it was always it was always a race to the youngest. You mm. know, to be the youngest to do this and youngest to do that. So, funnily enough, if um, you'd read the article, you would have seen that it says that uh, Jason Tomalolo, as a segue from the last news news item, was the last player to debut legally before being an adult. There you go. And under NRL rules introduced after 2010, 
players aren't able to. I've clearly, uh, clearly glossed over that. So, I hope he's worth the hype. Yeah, you know, you know why, you know why I glossed over that part of the article because fucking there's a gigantic ad that was like fucking literally half of the half of the height of the page. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking not going to keep scrolling through that. <laughs> that must be the end. <laughs> so fuck you, Sydney Morning Herald, and your fucking stupid ads. Okay, any other any other news articles you boys no, want to look at? I, look at just on the the Suwali thing. My only issue with it is this is impossible to pass the sniff test. And there's a lot that Volandi's got right about how he's handled the game and how he's handled changes and things that he's put his foot down on. And fuck me, he handled COVID and especially handled the fucking AFL. He handled his dick yeah. right down the AFL's throat. This one, I think he's misread the room in that there are some things that I think he thinks are that people will be happy about from an I love the game standpoint and part of that is well keeping the best talent in the game is important to me no matter what team i support Mm -hmm. whereas the reality is unless it's my team benefiting from this fuck everyone else you know and also historically speaking the game can lose any fucking player in its existence yeah and not suffer one little bit correct not with not a fucking bit yeah I mean, think back to, you know, the names that, you know, just over the last, like, you know, recent era that we've, you know, like, who who departed, you know, at the top of their, their game, you know, like Israel, Folau, Carmichael Hunt, fucking Sonny Bill Williams. Um, the game did not give I think Philandis also somewhat exactly. painted him, as had, had painted himself into a bit of a corner because when they first started talking about exemptions for him, he was he was actually playing for South. And he, and he, and he left the door open there. Um, for him, and then he since signed with the Roosters. So, hmm. again, my whole thing—I agree with Nate one hundred percent. I see this as a lost opportunity for Landis to come out and say, "We've got clubs that are vying for this young man's signature, and if he doesn't want to play for us and wants to go and play for a sport who can only get itself televised, you know, once a week." on Stan yeah. then good fucking luck to you you know when you come back the NRL will be here and you're welcome to sign with any club you like um, there will be no special provisions for you whatsoever I honestly think the only time there should be special provisions given for any player is if it's the risk is that a team can't take the field to complete a game you know those things like remember yep. the, a couple of years ago when Manly had so many fucking injuries Yep. That they, they were at risk of not being able to field a team. Mm. So they had exemptions that to bring. That was like literally That's last it. year, yeah. yeah. Um, so apart apart from that, again, I, I just think it was a lost opportunity for Volandis to put his foot down a little bit and say, the game is bigger than everyone. Uh, we welcome everyone, but we won't be bending over for anyone. Yeah, and and going back to what you're saying, yeah, the way he handled the AFL, I mean, he came out of that period with COVID and he was troll king. 
Like yeah. it wasn't even like nah. like actual like leadership against the AFL. It was just like tr- like handling COVID so well. Like even on like a worldwide level in terms of you know setting up bubbles and things like yeah. that, and setting up some you know some some uh, some processes that you know worldwide sport kind of adopt looked at as, yeah. as test cases. You know for for you know resuming seasons during COVID. Um, but and the way he dealt with the AFL, it was just basically like trolling them because they didn't set up as well as or as quickly as the NRL did. But and I think that this is I think this is, you know, partially a continuation of that, except his target has just shifted to rugby union. And and when when he's trying to just like strike a blow at union, you know, you just have to realise that like it's it's not a it's not a big story or a big coup for them to take mm. a kid that hasn't played a fucking game of senior football. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, just, well, just it's even less of a coup than, you know, surprise, surprise. Person of New Zealand descent wants to play for the All Blacks. Okay. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. The, why the does, does why do all these guys, anybody? if they've got such an affliction with the All Blacks, why is it that they've all played rugby league for their whole life? You know, like if. The, yeah, I, I get that. Born, mostly because they're born here and we're rugby, but, we're, we're rugby know, league playing people. Um, Kalen Ponga, he's all of a sudden now wants to be an All Black. He played rugby all through school. Yeah. And then clearly mm. rugby league was the path for him. He's played, you know, he's, he's still in the in the early stages of his career and all of a sudden now it's the, it's the lure of the money and I guess part of the prestige. But there's a reason they stopped playing Union in the first place. <clears throat> There's also one one of the ways that people are convinced to do different things is around opportunities, uh, and the prevalence of this in negotiations with kids in sport bloomed after the book Outliers was released. Um, and and whilst the majority of of what's written in there can be proven as true in in a lot of social science experiments. It, it's not all gospel, but essentially what it refers to is that if you can get representative experience, then you're far more likely to end up at a, an elite level professionally in whatever your voc- chosen vocation is, be it music or sport or mm-hmm. um, computing or all of these things. So the idea that if you're, you might be good enough technically to make the All Blacks one day. However, if you're vying for a representative spot with 50 other kids in your position, as opposed to mm. seven in rugby league, then the chances of you gaining more representative experience is greater. So you go that route, but then the idea to be that you end up a professional sports person and it's easier for yeah. a pro to make the jump across codes rather than to fight your way through 50 kids and share game time and coaching exposure yeah, and scouts sense. and all of that with them. So that's a potential yep. philosophy. Um, it could just be that Caelan <laughs> Pong was a fuckhead. Because you, you couldn't say that Kalen Ponga. <laughs> I love the way that we You couldn't say that, Suwali you know, either of them. Ponga, he's, he's obviously achieved a whole lot more than Suwali, but it's not like they've got to the point where, you know what, I've, I've got nothing left to achieve in rugby league. I'm going to go and ply my trade in, in for the All Blacks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, you know, Brad Thorne going, well, my body can't actually stand up to the rigors <laughs> of rugby league anymore. Um, but I can still play elite rugby years. union. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
look at some games, eh? This week coming up, Thursday night, kicks off with the Eels taking on the Storm at uh, Bankwest Stadium. The Eels changes last week. Nukore returns from suspension. Hipgrave drops back to the reserves, as he probably should always be dwelling. Uh, the Storm, 1-17, to unchanged. Got a couple of things uh, switching around there from uh, 18 to 21, but I don't think that... Uh, We'll see much different there, and let's face it, when they when they fired as well as they did, why mess with a uh, a winning combo? I can't see Parramatta dealing with what the storm unleashed in the first twenty minutes of last week. Uh, that that fucking blitzkrieg of Jesus Christ, almost leading into semi-finals quality football. Um, yep. was was tough for a, a fairly good defensive team in Souths. And you saw what Brisbane did to Parramatta in the first half last week. Yeah, and I guess well, well I guess the first thing is we'll see if the you know if the if the the first half slow starts is something that's going to typify Parramatta this season, or at least at the moment, or if you know going down by so many against the Broncos nah. in the half of football is enough to scare them straight. Yeah. You know. But even if they are scared straight, I mean, are they going to even be able to do anything mm. against the storm if they if they decide to? Yeah, start I think Melbourne will be Melbourne will be too sharp so. and no, too have, well drilled to. at this stage of the season. And I don't think Parramatta will start as poorly as they did against Brisbane because they'll they'll know that they'll definitely have to be up for Melbourne. But um, I think Melbourne will be too strong. Yeah, and look, I don't I don't rule out the Eels coming back at them a little bit like the, the, like South did against the Storm last week either. But it's not going to be enough. Mm, correct. Next up, the pub slot game. We've got the Warriors taking on the Knights at Central Coast Stadium. So a nominal home game for the Warriors. Uh, what have we got here? Ewan Aitken out for eight to Oof. ten weeks with his ankle injury Fucking that he sustained last poor week. Poor Yeah, Adam Pompey comes into the back line for him. And uh, they got a couple of new guys coming into the line. Marcelo Montoya and uh, Jack Murchie coming into 21. The uh, Knights... Tex Hoy still at fullback, so we still like him. Uh, one to seventeen, the same. In fact, that uh, except Connor Watson's going to be in jersey thirteen, and uh, Jesse Sue to the bench. That's it. We've just uncovered why Ponga wants to be an All Black. Can't get a run in first grade. He can. Tex Hoy's got him. He can feel the breath, <laughs> the hot, dank breath of Tex. <laughs> Like Tex Hoy is going to be one of those guys though, that lobs up and becomes a fullback at another club because Pong has got the the money and, and the hype invested into him. So he, you know he'll need to, he'll need to suffer a, a career ending injury to be displaced, really, or you know be suspended or have you know a week here and there where he's got a got a minor injury or something. That's going to be Tex Hoy. That's his. That's going to be his life. But he's clearly proven he can. You know he can cut it as the guy. I think the Warriors in this it's, game, uh, I think they'll um, be buoyed by last week's performance. And uh, I, th- I think they'll just get the Knights on energy. I think they'll uh, be, be stronger in the forwards and and get them, as I said, just, just have too much energy at this stage of the season. I think if the Knights can get up early, that they've got enough in them to, to run home. But you're right, I think if they come up against more more sturdy opposition than they did last week in the dogs without such a flat mm. track, then they, they may struggle to actually create for themselves rather than just overpowering. 
Yeah, but also remember, I know they did they did win easily and had a large win last week, and that was despite bombing at least two clear tries mm. that I saw just from just from guys like Bradman Best just like fucking <laughs> hogging it instead of giving one pass to the guy who was guaranteed to score. And that's what I'm saying. You know, you bomb a couple, you might not have yep. the other the other two or three easy ones that you've they've just let you waltz in. Yep, yep. And at this stage, being at Central Coast too, I mean, it's practically a home game for the Knights as well. Yeah. Just a bon- a bonus home game yeah. for them. So look, I, I I expect them to probably win the game. I, the, I mean that Warriors game. Remember, that was a very yeah you know, they they held for a long time, but fuck it, it was a slow start. Like that was a slow start for them too. I mean that game didn't really start getting to the you know deciding points until sort of sixty five minutes yeah. in there. You know, yeah. Um, and it was in the balance up to land, and it was nil off for quite a long time. Um, the Titan take on the Broncos at Hope Solo Coliseum. And uh, the Titans have uh, Brian Kelly out with a hand injury, so that brings Sammy into the back line. The Broncos, uh, Flegler replaces Matt Lodge with a hamstring injury. Uh, Reese Kennedy joins the interchange for Flegler. And uh, Reese Kennedy joining any side is hardly a positive <laughs> development. And uh, look, here we go. The, tit- the Titans the Titans had him as big brother. They became the big brother team last year even before they got their shit together. You know, they only sort of got their shit together at the death. Mm. And, um, and uh, yeah, sort of like last, like maybe what, month and a half, two months of competition. So this year though, while I don't think the Titans are, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely not there yet when it comes to the Broncos. I'm not sure if they're ready to take back the big brother mantle just yet. Yeah, it's hard to get a read on this one. Um, the Titans were definitely fucking disappointing last week. Both teams go into this one with motivation. Like obviously the Titans are, yep. are wanting to live up to expectations. There's the whole oh fuck, there's players that played here that now play there, and players that played there that now play here. So there should be at least mm-hmm. be some spice in this game. I think David Fafita oh. is going to have a massive game against the Broncos. I think it'd be he'd be up for a, a big performance. Uh, and I don't know. It's certainly, certainly in those early stages, uh, he'll be looking to get a lot of early, early touches and and big runs to you know against his former teammates. So I'd, um, I think the Titans will get on top early and, and hang on. As the game goes on, I think the mm-hmm. Titans will win. Mm-hmm. Moving on, the doggies take on the Penrith Panthers, the Bankwest Stadium, Saturday afternoon. Doggies, uh, Brad Deeds drops out with Jerry Marsh- Jeremy Marshall King returning from injury. Uh, Corey Waddell already benched with Fatala Mariner starting in the second row. And uh, 1-17, unchanged for the Panthers. Look, I don't think there's any really... I mean, do, is there much discussion to be had here? Uh, I think the only discussion we need is to decide who we're multiing up <laughs> as an anytime try scorer. Well, I mean, I, I would. I think that I think that Charlie Staines is a fairly safe fucking option. I also like Stephen Crichton as well. Um, I like who. It, but, I like uh, Billy Kickow, considering fucking yeah. Barnett scored nine mm. million points last week. That's uh, you know, little Panthers DM. That's the that's the hot tip. But you're right. If it's not going to Billy, then it's going out the back to Crichton. So. Yeah, you th- you would think that you 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 would think that uh, given the doggies' only way of scoring tries in like the last three years was Kieran Foran throwing a crash ball to Raymond Fatale yeah. Mariner, like basically the same <laughs> thing that Kickout gets fed. 
you think that that would be the one fucking play in the world they'd know how to defend because that would be the one they'd be seeing on the training paddock the whole time. Yeah, you know? exactly. But no, nope, no. Nope. If, if you use the dogs game last week um, as an indicator, they they were beaten comfortably by a team that, that, as you just said, Nate, bombed a handful of chances against Penrith, who looked extremely sharp um, and kept a side to zero. So I uh, this this could be... This could be 50. It's a good timing game for Panthers too because, I mean, you said they looked extremely sharp. They, I don't think they did. I mean, they like they, they smashed the Cowboys easily. They they weren't uh, they weren't required to do a hell of a lot of work mm. in defense. But, man, they bombed. They should have scored probably. Sharp enough to beat the dogs, Nathan. Against the opportunities that they were provided. Yeah, but no. What I'm saying is though, this is like a this this could be the sharpen up though. Like they they in training, they would have been doing the video sessions and seeing how many times like mm. you know, they bomb shit with Crichton down on the left and and you know Charlie Stain. You know they had a couple where they were even over the line and just you know couldn't fucking get it down. So but, but I that think was that they'll try and be rectifying a lot of that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you had an absolutely fucking phenomenal non-gender specific partner? And and you were thinking about breaking up with them. Right. And you got the opportunity to see a live performance or have a session with this absolutely stunning, gorgeous, non-gender specified partner that does every dirty, filthy thing you could ever want in the bedroom, who is intelligent and supportive and funny um, and uh, fucking independently wealthy. And you're thinking of breaking up with them to find out the person you're going to end up with um, believes in star <laughs> signs, doesn't use deodorant, and instead rubs a fucking crystal under their armpits. Has calls themselves an empath. Has yeah, calls themselves an empath. <laughs> um, doesn't do any sort of uh, you know man man or woman scaping. Including arms. Post pictures on Instagram with uh, with inspirational quotes over uh, pictures of. Hang on a second. Is a fucking. <laughs> I've never rubbed a crystal under my armpit in my life. <laughs> is is a fucking anti-vaxer. That's the situation that Matt Burton finds himself in right now. So could you imagine the horror if someone said to you? Yeah, no, no, no. You you can't choose to stay with the great one. You've chosen to leave them. This is your future, and there is nothing you can do about it. Someone put that poor cunt on suicide watch. Yeah, well, I mean, at least there's one thing he can do about it: not be there this year. <laughs> so at least at least he knows that he's there. <laughs> I mean, while he's on death row, the needle isn't in his arm just yet. I tell you what, if that dumb fuck thinks that he could turn up there with a lady bick and a can of Gillette and fix the situation, <laughs> then he fucking deserves everything that's coming to him. He ain't got no lawnmower 3.0. <laughs> so, uh, so... <laughs> he's a fucking weed whacker yeah, needs, 9.0. He, he, needs to take, he needs to take off the ceramic, the, the ceramic anti-cut fucking technology and just fucking put it straight through his throat. <laughs> The Mighty Manly Seagulls take... I mean, like, we're agreed that Panthers are going to win this by, like, fucking, like, 36-plus, yes. right? Yeah? Correct. Yeah. Uh, the Mighty Manly Seagulls versus the South Sydney Rabbleos at uh, Brookie on Saturday afternoon. Um, Manly, some changes, which is great. Um, 
it looks like that uh, Morgan Boyle is the, is the main is the, is the main casualty, and let me tell you, I'm happy to see that. I'm not happy to see uh, the, the Parker and fucking Garrett combination still in place over there on the left, and uh, but I'm pretty sure that Souths don't have any players on that side of the field that can take advantage of people who can't fucking defend. So uh, it's good to see Cade Cust in. Um, in fourteen, I prefer him in the nine, but you know it's good to it's good to see him in the fourteen anyway. After he had a, absolutely fucking killed it in uh, you know for uh, Blacktown uh, last weekend, and uh, this is look at this. It's not where the side's not where I want it yet, but it's it's closer. It, it, it it's closer than it was. Uh, the rabbits, okay. Um, they've dropped Mansour and they've dropped Host. They've brought um, uh, Jackson Paulo in on the wing and. Uh, Kalama Tangi in the second row. Tom Burgess will be playing at prop. And Liam Knight, I'll bag on himself, is on the reserves list. Manly can't win. Way. Cannot win. Gee, that's a that's a that's a strong statement. It's what you brought me brought me back for, Nathan. <laughs> Wholesome they, they, content they, they and strong can, statements. But will he? Look, they can win, but will they win? No, I don't think they'll win the first four rounds. Like I fucking said, ad nauseum. But if they did put that jag it, then fucking you wouldn't hear the end of it. We know. Look forward to Sunday. It's like night. reverse undefeated. Manly couldn't win. If, if South Sydney contracted a rare brain parasite that made them all compulsively jack off with cheese graters using vinegar for lube, Manly still could not win this game. That is how fucking dire the situation is in that club. Des Hasler is absolutely fucking cooked, and I hope and pray that they extend him for another year because this is my Viagra. <laughs> this is my Viagra right here. <laughs> South. As opposed to the actual Viagra. <laughs> that you're eating like fucking Skittles. <laughs> Manly 13 plus. The more you put on, the more you get back. Shock the world, boys. The Cowboys take on the Dragons up there at um. What are we calling that one up there again? I fucking the toilet seat. Really? Well, it looks like a toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know it does, but I mean, it's well, got do, we, could, do we call it the abattoir? Way. Do we change it? Oh no, we did call it the abattoir, That's didn't it. we? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So. So. 1 to 17 despite not scoring a fucking point there 1 to 17 unchanged the uh, Cowboys the Dragons are um, Corey Norman replaces Clune in the halves and uh, Clune's pushed to the reserves honestly <laughs> what the fuck yeah <laughs> Corey Norman has made it explicitly clear over numerous seasons across fucking what three clubs well no like, yeah, he, he kind of could play at the Broncos couldn't he so yep. They were kind of sad to see him go. So across two clubs, he's made it abundantly clear that he cannot fucking play south of the tweet. Mm. He just can't. And so now they've got their young, hyped-up guy. Because no, I'll tell you what, there's players who are emerging and players who are, you know seemingly have a future in a position, there's nothing that makes them come on faster in their development than just dropping them and bringing them back and dropping them and bringing them back and dropping mm. them and bringing them back every other week. They fucking St. George can't it. win. Jason Taumalolo, man of, the, man of the match, 300 running meters. Todd Payton to say positive things in the press conference. <laughs> the, the, drag, the Dragons had a, 
a rough old night the other night against the Sharks. They at least showed glimpses of of what looked like half competent <laughs> rugby league attack. It's um, very complimentary. And 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 I think there's enough there's enough cohesion in the Dragons that they've got a, some points in them. And and I think if they're on and can focus a little bit more do things like get a dummy half behind the football every time somebody's tackled, uh, then that'll take them a long way to winning this game. I think the Dragons can upset. And uh, I'm sorry I have to agree with Glenn on this one because I've just looked at the team list and seen in the number 17 uh, for the Dragons, we've got Braden William, uh, who is absolute <laughs> fucking victory poison. He's literally... He's, he's the fucking... He, he is the absolute Ebola of victory... And being like a three-quarter, why are you carrying him on your fucking bench in number 17 anyway? I mean, <laughs> hook, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all in now on the, on, on the Cowboys actually scoring at least some points enough to win. The West Tigers take on the Sydney Roosters out there at Campbelltown. Changes. Dewey's back from suspension, so he's in there at 5'8", pushing on by out to the bench. Russell Packer out of the seventeen. And the Roosters. Okay, so Nat Butcher comes in for uh, Crichton, who was suspended. Grub cunt. Um, <laughs> Fletcher Baker will debut on the bench. Freddie Lussick in for Jake Friend, because he got fucking riggedy wrecked, son. And Drew Hutchinson replaces West Tigers can't win. on the interchange. Like, everything I just said then, <laughs> everything I just said then doesn't fucking matter. Like it <laughs> 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 Roosters could carry fucking Braden Willie Arm on the bench. West Tigers can't win. <laughs> Soft on the edges. They they will get destroyed. That's that's very that's so so neg- so negative. What about this fucking undefeated asterisk little team of destiny? Just, just little, little let me let me reverse change, undefeated man. this thing. So just let me go, Nathan. I see, nah, look, in my, in my heart of hearts, that's gonna somehow, this could be uh, anything. Trick the footy <laughs> guys into letting... But we were, we were far too soft on the edges um, in that <laughs> second half of that game last week. Um, and I think the Roosters are very strong in that area. And then when you look at the players that they have coming off the back of um, strong edge runners, as in Tedesco, Kiri, and the like, um, I think the West Tigers might uh, struggle to contain that for an afternoon. It's how unfortunate, especially with such a successful week for the Tigers as a club, when they announced a brand new sponsor, uh, and and I quote their tweet: "The highly reputable company hurts when you have to fucking flout your sponsors." Oh look, they're highly reputable. They're reputable. It's like saying, trust me. A highly <laughs> reputable car manufacturer, Great Wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, did, did, we were yeah, sponsored yeah, by Proton at one stage, remember? Email Justin Pelley, try this link, boss. Vanillaadjectives.com. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck me. Is there anything... Not dumpster fireish about this club, at all, at all. 
I just think it's uh, it's it's making the the Digi's life just that little bit easier and and get, able to give the sponsor an easier plug come four thirty uh, in the afternoon or once full time who to blows and they'll just love. say uh, thanks to this our new sponsors. Digi gold. This really if I'm hurts. the Melbourne Digi. I'm organising a photo of Harry Grant in a Hertz T-shirt that said "Life's better as a rental." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you scoff, you, you, you scoff, Jay. But I mean, like, you know, let me put it to you. Let me, let me ask you this though: what 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 hurts more than being a West Tigers fan? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> fuck Justin the Sharkies versus the, versus the Raiders. <laughs> the Sharkies are. Um, Garotti comes in for uh, Ramian, who uh, was suspended, and um, still no Andrew Fafita. Uh, he was running around for Newtown, wasn't he, last mm. weekend? Uh, the Raiders. Was he? Northeast? Unchanged. Newtown? <laughs> yeah, Newtown. Newtown? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he was. And, and the Raiders, 1-17, uh, as, as per last week. And I don't, I don't think that. Yeah, I think Raiders big I winners. Can't see the Raiders not winning this game. I think, I think the Sharks were fortunate. In, they were the least convincing winning side of the round, and yeah, you know, they were just fortunate that they're playing the Dragons. I think. Mm. You're right. You know, to get away with it. I, I would fucking love in this one to see Michael Ennis run out. Do you remember how we trolled the Canberra fans <laughs> with the, with the, the clap? clap. Yep. I'd fucking love him to run out of some commentary box and just do that fucking absolute dumb cunt fin fucking thing the Sharks fans do <laughs> as the score ticks over 30 nil. Um, that would be absolutely phenomenal. But uh, yeah, no Raiders with this one and Whiten to have a big game. I'll tell you what, though, I've got to say, like, I never thought I'd say this, but like, um, Sharkies have one of my f- current favourite fucking players going running around from the moment. The Moot, <laughs> Ronaldo Mutalo. What a little cunt he is. He has uh, he's 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 a, a decent player, but he's got that high cunt level of just just shit house to his game that I just fucking love. He's like a he's 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 just one of those guys that can make make his opposite number just lose their head because he's just such a little cunt. It's two episodes oh, in a row. Point. You just you, I can hear the sparkle in your eye, Nathan. <laughs> just love that I guy. I love him. <laughs> I love him. I wish he played for my team. <laughs> Soon enough, maybe he will. It's, it's, and it's like and 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 he's coming up. Oh, this is this is could be the pound for pound shit house title uh, preview of the season because he's up against Hudson Young this week. Obviously not directly and you know positionally, but they're on the same field. So I, you know, I could imagine you know I'm one of these you know carting it back from a from a, a fifth tackle kick, and the Moot's bringing it back up, and Hudson Young tries to you know get his forearm into him or you know pull his eyeballs out like as he's want to do, and then it's fucking on, and who who wins? Could be a good old fashioned like a, like an NHL you know hockey enforcer fucking situation, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, Canberra Canberra to win this one. Very, very easy. Yes. Daddy won't hurt me. This time it was all my fault. All right, fellas, new segment. We're going to run it out last week, but we're running it out this week instead. 
bit of an advice session for the two dads. I'll chime in as I feel like it. But uh, first question comes from Chris. He said, hey, boys, I'm in need of some parenting advice, which is uh, obviously something that we're all extremely qualified to give. My 12-year-old daughter is a massive Shrek fan, probably because I look a bit like him. So I'm pretty sure she's seen the Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life video. The question is, how do I explain... How do I explain consensual ogre man love to an impressionable young lady? This may come as a shock to everybody, but uh, I haven't seen that video, so I might have to defer to, to Jay. Do you Google? You, you, I tell you what. You, you wanted, while, while while Jay's giving his advice, why don't you mute your microphone and Google that video <laughs> and then come back? And uh, and Jay, you can start. Well, why don't, why don't we leave some? Why don't we leave some dead air here? that you can cut out later. Right. Because <laughs> I also need to right. see so we'll, Glenn's so we'll, reaction. We'll, we'll be right back. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But I do it for Shrek. No, you don't. Why are you doing that? Oh, oh now he's. You're right, mate. I'm not all right. <laughs> You're right, Glenn. I am not okay. Right, that's enough for me. Okay, so we're back, and we've had a bit of a chance <laughs> for uh, for old real dad to familiarise himself with the Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life video in question. So the question is, well, the daughter, 12-year-old daughter, she's a massive Shrek fan. Dad thinks that she may have seen it, or he's pretty sure that she's seen it. The question is, how does he explain consensual ogre slash man love to an impressionable young lady? I don't know that there's much that I can explain about what I just saw. I'm in no position to give advice. I think it's it's probably fair to say that yeah, twelve year olds shouldn't be seeing it. Control your parental settings <laughs> if your kid's got access to that. Blanket ban on the, on the internet and just in general because you never know. I would suggest that you need to become better at reframing your conversations. I assume that you've asked how you explain that because you're unsure of how to deal with, you know, the acts that you see in there. But uh, you'll find that children respond to and give attention to what you give attention to. You've got multiple opportunities there to take the focus away from the act. Um and talk about how disappointing it is that there is such a strained relationship between this child and their father. And maybe then delve into, is there anything that you could do as a father, you know, besides actually being fucking competent and monitoring <laughs> what they see online, um, is there anything you could do as a father to improve the relationship and dynamic with your daughter? And 
that she knows that Shrek isn't real, yeah? She understands that Shrek is a fictional character. So what Shrek represents there is something that kids can do that might be unwise or silly or something they haven't thought through if their relationship with their parents isn't great. So you want to make sure that she doesn't have any, you know, um, surprise Shreks in her life and that uh, the the lines of communication are open. Um, they work both ways and that she's free to talk to you about anything so that she doesn't get maybe an emotional backhand leading her to seek out unwise Shreks in the future. Um, but yeah, seriously, <laughs> fucking watch what your kids see all night. Jesus fuck. <laughs> there's some, I mean, there, there is a, there's some uh, some shit there that you just uh, <laughs> like I you know when it comes to explaining explaining you know that video, mm. better you than me. I'm into that. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't have got yourself I want someone in that to situation. Not explain it to me. <laughs> um. That was was my favourite part of that whole question. (laughs) Listening to you watch it for the first time. Tremendous. Uh, Let's hit the mailbag stuff, hey? Uh, A lot of love for the new formats, fair to say. Mm. A lot of love love for for Real Dad returning. Mm. And um, an example of this would be um, from Timmy, (laughs) who said, uh, where did you get this AFL podcaster from? Cringe jokes, and as someone who isn't funny, according to Glenn Blakely, this fucking cunt is shit house. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish that I was the type of horrible person that would that would read out the direct message that has that was sent to me after that little exchange from that same individual. There was lots of heart emojis and kissy faces and all sorts of stuff. It was delightful, but he's. He's got a persona that he needs to uphold. <laughs> All right, so stop exposing <laughs> the business, Glenn. Yeah, Jesus. wow. Uh, oh, are we okay to air DMs, are we? Clevo <laughs> 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 said, I really enjoyed the Sunday show format. It was good to hear the reviews fresh on a Monday. And as someone who's always a week behind by mid-year, it's going to be a lot easier with Epps split up like this anyway. Great innovation. Oh, thank you, thank you, uh, King Volandis, for for just another one of your great NRL <laughs> innovations. Um, apparently, Optus uh, had Toto said, "Does Optus know their ad plays before this episode?" I haven't actually listened to any of our episodes as delivered by the the new hosting platform, so that was the first I heard of it. So, um, you know, when I, when I put the game threads up for the episodes. Uh, I'm always um, super interested to hear about uh, who's advertising with us these days outside of the ones that we actually bake in ourselves, like you know, Manscaped every month and things like that. But um, yeah, let us let us know. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're never going to hear Apple or McDonald's given the content of this show, but I mean, Optus is not a bad one either. Mm. Um, now, uh, we were speaking before we started recording tonight, and what we'll do going forward is uh, we'll have, because we've got two shows now, uh, per week and we're going to be sort of doing the mailbag thing on the Wednesday one I'll actually create a mailbag thread on the uh, Facebook group and uh, we can trawl up anything from Twitter that we need to but uh, there'll be a dedicated thread on the Facebook group so uh, get in there if you need to uh, have your say and um, 
that's it. That's full time for 382. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so at TWI League. Uh, we've got a great Facebook group where a lot of it, a lot of the business happens. Uh, and to get to all of our links, just go head to our link tree, Google Twill Nation link tree, and it'll be the first results, easiest way. And that'll give you all the links for the various uh, ways you can consume the podcast on your various podcasting apps, plus all our social media, website, all of that shit. Um, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, reviews and ratings are some of the easiest ways, and also hitting that subscribe button, of course. And uh, we got a new review this week, and it came from uh, M. Luke. Five star review, the most sensational piece of homemade media since oh, Wendy decided to head out for pizza. Was the title. <laughs> I feel like I'm failing on my objective to bring wholesome content. Uh, call, <laughs> calling yourself a true rugby league fan, but choosing to not listen to this podcast is the worst idea since Abraham Lincoln said, I'm tired of bumming around the house all day. Let's go out and catch a show. <laughs> With Glenn finally back from picking up that pack of smokes all those years ago, the foretold Holy Trinity has been completed. Whether this triggers the glorious prosperity of the Book of Luke or the rapturous apocalypse of Revelations with the sun turning black, the moon becoming like blood and the stars of night falling to earth as the sky splits apart, leaving war, famine and disease to encompass it all remains to be seen. Either way, I'm along for the ride. Man, I tell you, it's, Great it's pretty good. You know, it's like, Nathan's like Joel Embiid, you know. He's the he's the fucking real MVP, the fucking real MVP, and um, I'm like Ben Simmons. I'm fucking amazing, and I don't wear shit sneakers. And um, Glenn's like the. You know, Furkan Korkmaz. Furkan Korkmaz. I'm, I'm sure your family thinks you're good and would buy your jersey. So. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just glad. I'm glad you didn't like. You know, you didn't upgrade him to like a Matisse or something. Matisse is awesome. I fucking love Matisse. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys are great. It's good to be back. <laughs> oh, tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and look, you know, if if you if you guys are loving, I mean, like, I feel like I feel like real dad. He, he needs a bit of love, so um, in mailbag, maybe. Uh, yeah, I know, you know what that means, feel. Nathan. And because uh, you know, you don't want to leave things, you don't want to leave things unsaid. Uh, <laughs> that means say nice things about real dad because he's because he's a little bit delicate sometimes. That's all. <laughs> And I'd hate for them. I'd, and I'd hate for them to think that they've that you know that the knife is halfway in and that they should twist it because that would be a terrible thing to do. I, um, I don't need yeah. a thousand fucking emails tomorrow with the photo of black and white photo of fucking Simba that says behind my mane I'm crying. <laughs> fucking bring yeah, it yeah, on! I don't need that at all. Um, tipping the top ten is, and in fact, the top you know almost everything in the entire competition uh it was one of the easier eight out of eight rounds i think for people uh this week and uh on top is someone that i fucking hate until they sort that shit out uh just in context over the off season, the footytips.com.au, where we've been doing our tipping competition since day one they were acquired by espn evidently 
and as a result the integration is in, and transfer over to like ESPN accounts is fucking horrible and as a result we've got so many people in the competition with a default name that the ESPN system sort of associated to their old footytips.com.au account. So the person, uh, the example of this is the person who's number one at the moment uh, on our tipping competition, ESP fan <laughs> who, uh, who got the margin correct and uh, eight out of eight. And uh, in second place, Benny Tippy, uh, Big Dan, the man, 1985, Ronaldo Burgundy, Whitey Jr., 9999, Mofo Storm Fan, Matt, 900854, Griswold, 2021, ESPN Fan, 12150105052, and finally rounding out the top 10 with Knights Undefeated Asterisk Crusade. So I like that as well. And I do, ESPN fans, change your, change your fucking names. You may, you may not know that it's even happening. But um, yeah, get in there and, and and reclaim your old name that you used to be, you know, known as on the Footy Tips site because uh, it's it's such a fucking punish. Like I went to log in to put my tips in on about probably about four p.m. on Thursday last week because I'd forgotten, and I couldn't even I couldn't even log in. Like I, it was trying to make me join our tipping competition as a new person, even though it had me listed as the person that created the, the, the competition and it wouldn't let me administer it or anything. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regrettably, it didn't <laughs> let me in so I could make my incorrect tips. Uh, and it's all sorted now. So, yeah, don't forget your tips. Uh, anything no. else you want to add, fellas? No. How good's footy? Oh, Not- so, yeah. Sorry, just memberships as well. I had some more emails today. And I've just, it just reminded me, I'm not going to mention uh, some of the specifics to the people uh, listening to the show right now, although they will go up, but I'll talk to you guys after we finish recording because I've got a couple of new uh, new prices and options come in. But uh, yeah, pretty excited. And they'll be going up anytime now. And also the pullover hoodies will be going up as well. And then from there, we're going to put it to a vote. What comes out next? And after that, and after that, and so on, and so on. Uh, if you guys don't have anything else to add, that's... Uh, that's pretty much all I've got in the list. Full time. Here, so, uh, How good. Thanks for listening. We love you all. And uh, we'll see you on uh, late Sunday night. Sounds like fun. Yes, we will. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.